episode 36 from Shrooms to Skyrim, Matthew and Hiram. Sound different for the holidays. like that that was kind of dope i wasn't expecting that <laughs> I, I really just uh pulled out my back pocket a little little blast from the past is a, it's a track i worked on a long time ago that was that was a good play i, I like it so it's but, funny it's funny like you you dropped an original track and i've been thinking about getting back on the boards like that's where I'm at right now in life. You you still thinking about it? You haven't got back on them boards yet. So I tried to um I actually tried it uh earlier today, but the baby was hating on me, so <laughs> so I had to put it on hold. As as babies tend to do, they they want all the attention for themselves, right? <laughs> like nobody nobody tells you that part. How selfish they are. That's um. I think Nas even had like a bar about that in his uh one of those tracks he did where he was like going through his um I think it was Book of Rhymes where he was uh he was talking about and I think this is like a known like psychological thing, um feeling jealousy uh towards his seed of the attention that uh his kid was getting from his wife. Hmm. That's like um sub, uh, subconsciously. That's interesting. And I, I I think that's like um like I think there's probably like a term for that like that's a and that's something that's not that uncommon. And kind of like I I think I think women go through a lot of uh psychological things after the birth of a child. Oh, do as they? Well, they do. They they go through a lot. Like but that's it, that's like nowadays, like everything has at some point, almost every, not everything, but everything's been studied. They got a name on it, you know, things that uh only recently identified in the past century. Hey man, label nation. This, this the shit that we live for, right? But yeah, guys, this is uh from Shrooms to Skyrim with Matthew and Hiram. I'm your host Matthew, and Hiram is not here. We got Trey after death in the building. We out here. No disrespect, Hiram, but Byram. <laughs> that was phenomenal, Byram. <laughs> yeah, so low, low key, me and Hiram just broke up on air. So 
You heard it here first. Yo, that was that was a uh, that was <coughs> shots fired. <laughs> he said Byron. That was good. I know you just thought of that right now on the spot because we were talking about it a minute ago. Yeah, he, he inspired me with his absence. <laughs> like, who does that? What a, what a jerk. <sighs> I want to honor commitments to my family. Who does that? Be with your family during the holidays. How dare you? <laughs> what a weirdo. <laughs> Why do you find this guy? <laughs> Byram, on a oh, serious shit. note, we uh we miss you, bro. But we gotta keep it moving. Yeah. You're the best. I love you. It's motherfucking Hollywood, baby. The show must go on. So today is uh it's no Hiram. No Hiram. It's gonna be different. I mean, every day is different, though. Like that's, Everything's different, but still the same. But everything is still the same. Yeah. Like, it was, it was different, but it wasn't. It's new for us. It feels new for us, but we've been here before as a uh, as a species. <laughs> I thought you was talking about us, like the two people in this room. No. no. <laughs> so... I was I was talking about us, but I was also talking about us, the collective. Right off the bat, huh? We just right dive straight into the deep end. <laughs> it was an accident. I didn't mean it, but fuck it. So weird. it wasn't really a dive. It was like a slip and fall. Yeah, but um, see, I was uh, I was talking to my partner on it was yesterday. And we was we was in a Zoom conference, and we was just reflecting on uh, how we ended up in a new place uh, professionally, just like as a business, as a company. And like we were looking around us, and we're like, "Yo, how did we end up here? This is crazy! I can't believe we did this." But then at the same time, it's like, okay, we were making all the all the right moves, so it was bound to happen, even though we weren't targeting that specific um that that specific achievement it wasn't it wasn't the actual target but but that's like form follows function so if you just function properly the ex- form exactly. is gonna form yeah. itself exactly and the conclusion of the conversation that we was having yesterday was basically um like yeah i, I have no idea how we got here but i mean I, it looks like i made a wrong turn but in the right neighborhood <laughs> so that's it's fucking bars yeah accidental genius <sighs> I feel like that's like that would be like a good album name accidental genius it's better than state. is it is it still genius if it's accidental I think it's more genius if it's accidental I mean you talking about the person or the moment Mm. You know, I don't think the genius might not even be in the action, but upon recognizing what you got, like the motherfucker that invented microwaves, just because the you know the he was working in the laboratory and the chocolate melted in his pocket, and he recognized the implications, even if he discovered it accidentally. Is that really how it happened? 
Something like that. That's wild. I didn't know that. That's pretty cool. And low-key, you snatched that thought right out of my head because I was just thinking, yeah, maybe it wasn't the action that was that was genius. Maybe it was just like the recognition after the fact. And this is hilarious because that's exactly <laughs> what me and my partner was talking about afterwards. I was like, yo, I didn't even realize how 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 resonant that was. Did I just say that? And we we do that a lot though. That's 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 part of our dynamic. Yo, did we just do that? Did we just say that? Yeah, we did that. But you gotta reflect back on yourself. Cause you can you can teach yourself a lot. It's true. Pretty much everything you need is within you. As uh, generic as that might sound. It is though. Like you can you can you can literally become anything. You can reroute rewrite your own programming, change your code and just like remaster yourself. And a lot of people don't don't recognize that. They don't recognize that they have the ability or the opportunity. So life just kind of passes them by. And, um, you know, those are the people that go through life. And then there's other people that grow through life. And they're, uh, they're constantly just, just double checking and, and, and making revisions and critiquing and taking notes and just borrowing stuff. I would look back on my Facebook memories and mm. I, I look at some of the, the statuses that I shared and I was like, whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> I was tapped in when, when I when I wrote that. And I would do the same thing with like records that I that I produced. Like, yo, I was on one that day. See, I'm the opposite. I go through old shit. And I'm embarrassed to even know that person. I'm like, Ugh, I hope <laughs> I forgot about this shit. I hope, I hope everyone else did too. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have them moments like it. It's kind of it, it kind of creeps you out. <laughs> like y'all, oh, I can't believe I said that on record. Yo, do you find that as you get older, your past starts feeling like someone else's life? It's supposed to, because that means you're changing. And then, because you know how they say that uh, when you remember something, you're like remembering, remembering it, and so that's why memories fade. Because at some point, you're just remembering, remembering it, remembering, remembering, remembering it, and so that's why it gets more distorted from the actual events over time. I never heard it presented that way, but it makes sense. So that's like. It's like I know, like, that was me. Like, I was there. But, like, going back, like, 15 years ago, like, even, like, when I was in uh, high school and shit, it doesn't seem like it was me anymore. It seems like it was another person. It was. So, like, when you're looking back on those so times, speak. it's like you're watching a memory. You're watching a movie of, um, you're watching a movie from, like, the first person perspective and you saw all the characters thoughts you saw everything that they that they were looking at 
You felt their fear, felt their anger, you felt their power, but you're not that person anymore. And I think, I think Jordan Peterson is the one who said it was, I'm not, I'm, I'm trying not to butcher the quote, but he said that over the course of your lifetime, like you're not one person, you are a collective of individuals spread out over a timeline. So the person that you were 10 minutes ago is not the person that you are right now. Hmm. And that's, that's like old, old deep wisdom. Like somebody else said, and I think this quote came out of India. Somebody said, um, a man never steps in the same river twice. Because well, I get it. Cause be, the, the water flowing. Oh, it's not just that. He's he's not the same man. And it's not the same river. Hmm. You said something earlier. You said people go through life and then there's people that grow through life. So that's like the difference between surviving and, and leveling up, right? Cause like cause you you could you you could just you can make it through the end with just a, an, an accumulation of scars and bruises, or or you could uh, or you could have a uh, accolades and and wisdom, or you could have both. Like I, I, I wouldn't say it's like an either or. I would say um, I would say some people go through life reacting. And then they're basically not taking charge of their life. Like they, they wake up and the girl is in their ear. So they go do what their girl says. And then, and then the baby's crying. So they go do whatever the baby needs. And then their bank account is empty. So they go to work and they perform whatever tasks somebody else set out for them. And then they come home and they grab a beer and they don't think about anything that just happened and the cycle repeats itself tomorrow and they're just forever in the present moment which in some ways is kind of a gift but it's also a missed opportunity like it's a lot of it's a lot of um why do you think it's so easy to be trapped in a cycle <sighs> that's I, th- I think that's how we're wired you think it's how we're wired or how society is designed? Well, what kind of cycle what kind of cycle would you have in mind? Like give me an Well, example. like like just the cycle you were just referring to. Because it's easy not to think. It's easy not to step out of the framework that somebody else gave you. Like it's like being born into a religion. And some people, like I, I was born in, in the, into Christianity, right? And for years and years, I never, I never thought about it. I was just like, okay, this is what we do. Get up every Sunday, we're supposed to be here. Every Wednesday, we're supposed to be there. This is what we do for the holidays, and this is what we do before bed, before meals, and this is how we we frame life, and this is how we structure our metaphors, and this is how we judge each other. And blah, say blah, but I never 
thought about it until like, like really thought about it critically until sometime in high school. That's when I started to kind of think for myself, but some people never get there. Some people never question it. My own, like a lot of my family members are like that. And it makes them so uncomfortable to examine their lives with an unbiased perspective. And it makes them so uncomfortable to ask hard questions and have to come up with an answer that that's, that's like an original thought. Well, I guess because if everything you do is based upon uh, this framework that you circumnavigate daily, you wouldn't really want to go and discover that the framework itself, you know, is uh, on shaky foundations. You you wouldn't want to bring that framework down. And then because if you invalidate the framework, uh, it might kind of feel like you're invalidating yourself and your whole life yeah, up that's, to this point. That's exactly what it is. It's like challenging your identity. And when your identity is based on that, things that are outside of yourself, instead of being based on something that's inside you, then it is shaky. And, and, and you can't accept certain truths because it just, it just challenges your, your, your conception of reality. It challenges it too much. And this is when people put on a tinfoil hats and, they stick their head in the sand and they start parroting conspiracy theories and like, no, 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 there's, there's no way there's, there's no way. I'm not, I'm not going to entertain the idea that us freedom loving folks, people on our side went to the Capitol building and tried to destroy it. There's no way. So instead of entertaining that, I'm going to say that, you know, there was, there was, um, some other group that was like hidden amongst our group. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that weight, that makes way more sense. And it helps them sleep at night. And I, 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 I guess I understand. I understand the dynamic at play. I understand how it happens. See, since, since, uh, since you get political with it and, uh, <sighs> see like, no, nah, I, I didn't mean it like that, <laughs> but, um, see me personally, I, I've pretty much disavowed, uh, organized religion for myself and political parties for like similar reasons. Uh, Cause for me, and I think for me it was around high school too. When I had like my biggest paradigm shift was the moment that I realized I didn't know what the fuck I was talking about. <laughs> and when I was able to recognize what I didn't know, you know what I'm saying? You got to know what you don't know. Mm-hmm. As, oppo- as opposed to when you think you know. Because when, when you know what you don't know, you realize that the majority of knowledge is just unknown. 
Mm. Like the things that I could know for a fact is like a fucking uh, a pea next to uh, the earth. Yeah. It's like a grain of sand on a beach. And that in and of itself can be a little can be a little scary to to navigate and and like even too to have um to uh you gotta be comfortable with that to still retain your self confidence and it is some comfort in uh letting go of um letting go of ego. Cause it's it's really a lot of ego talking to be so presumptuous and to stand on a pedestal and matter of factly uh state that things are like this or things are like that. And that's a uh, and that really just breeds ignorance. And um It does. And a lot of people are afraid of ignorance, which is why they, they can't admit that they don't know certain things. Cause that in and of itself is ignorance. Now we, we have to admit that we're all, we're all ignorant to a certain degree because there's only, there's a, there's a certain capacity that, that we have for knowledge and even the knowledge that we do possess, that's gain that's gained from our own personal experience. And we've chosen what to accept and chosen what not to accept. And we hope that we're right most of the time, but you can't even be sure about that. So you, you kind of have to approach, you kind of have to approach life with that assumption. Like, okay, I don't know. Also, even it's not even about, you know, this, this need to be right when right and wrong are such uh they're such fleeting concepts they're they're just you could be right or wrong for a moment in time and it just just blips out in the table's turn because that's all about the perception if you look at it through this lens you could be right but what about in the scope of uh Five months from now, what about in the scope of 20 years? That's like how long does being right or wrong really even hold up? It doesn't, which is, I I don't want to bring it back here, but that's kind of why I started to reject organized religion. Because it was my personal perspective that religion, like like the set of rules and doctrines and stuff, like that's that's a static thing. It's like drawing a map, right? Right. And the map don't change. The world might change. The map might be, might be wrong. Some things might, like the scale of certain things might be off. The distances might be off. That's like you draw a map 10,000 years ago, just throwing out a random number. The motherfucking tectonic plates could still shift. Continents could move. New mountain ranges 
mountain ranges could arise. The currents could go in the other motherfucking direction. Or we might have invented a fucking satellite, and now we got way more accurate maps. You don't even need that motherfucking hand-drawn map no more. You got GPS. so, So here's the thing, though. You can live your life according to this map, which is the thing that you're holding in front of you, or you can live your life according to your compass, which always points true north no matter what time it is. No matter which way you turn, it's always going to point true north. And that was how I saw like the, the, like the separation between religion and faith. Because mm. faith is that compass and religion is the map. And if your compass works, you don't really need the map. Like you, the, you can use the map for context. Like it is going to help you out with a lot of things. And you can, you can skip a lot of things. And you know, if you have... Uh a righteous personal compass, you you can move in the right direction and and outside of religion. But I think we could definitely look at history and see that religion has not always taken people in the right direction, to put it mildly. Here's the thing with, with religion. It is very attractive to people that don't want to think for themselves. For people who who need to be told what to do and need to be told that it's going to be okay. They need to fill a hole in their heart. Or need to fill a hole in their heart. Or they need something to believe in. They need something to empower them. Like religion is a very attractive place for, for these individuals. You know where else is attractive for these people? Political parties. Mm. You know where else is attractive for these people? Cults. Mm. And... I'm not saying that religions or political parties or even cults are, are inherently bad, but when you seed your ability to think, when you see that to somebody else, you, you, you can't be shocked when you get led astray. You think like that comes from, um, uh, just an, an inherently just tribal uh, reflex that's that's still there. Just the need to belong to something. Probably, because I know we're we're wired for that as well. Wired to be uh, part of a tribe. We're social animals. Like we need a family. I mean, shit. Look at uh local sports teams. And how, how um, deeply embedded people get into that. Get into that. That's that's another dynamic that I find really interesting. And I always compare sports teams to to political parties too, because people love to talk about. Oh my god, I, I wasn't trying to go political. I, I swear I'm not. <laughs> I swear I'm not. But I am. Before I before I broke out of my my mental prison, I did lead a life that was not um, not that different from from the average lives that are being led, and I I was playing that game like I was I was choosing political parties and I was choosing religions, and I remember I'm just reflecting on the experience I had like 
people would like I used to go hard for the Democrats. Right. And people would tell me about all the things the Democratic Party did um that was like against black people. That was just like pro racism. And that was like sixty years ago or whatever. Right. And then they'll be like, see, the Republican Party, this is the party of, of Lincoln. We we freed the slaves. And I'm like, okay, that's like, um, that would be like claiming that the Bulls are the greatest basketball team in the world today because Michael Jordan played for them in the 90s. It, and it doesn't matter. Like, the jersey is the same, but the players are completely different. And and really, like, the whole organization is different. Because, like, I, I've heard that before, like, going, like, both sides about the other side. And it's really like, bro, you're talking about political parties from, like, more than five decades ago. It was, like, you might as well be talking about the motherfucking Tafts and yeah, uh, whatever the other fucking, the fuck, you might as well be talking about the Quakers. And they've switched to, like, just just the main political parties have switched uh names and affiliations and swips uh flip flopped around a few times. Yep. So that in and of itself is not that relevant. It shouldn't be, but it is to some people. But it's weird to me how you can be for one thing today and then you know next year you're completely against it because your enemy is now for it. And you don't, you can't look in the mirror and, and say, man, that was weird of me. <laughs> <laughs> that was bizarre. That's always going to be fascinating to me. But funny, funny you mentioned religions. So I've been, um, I've been exploring some rabbit holes. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> them rabbit holes. Them, them, them darn rabbit holes. It's rabbit season. And I'm learning so many things about like the similarities between these religions, which has always been interesting to me. Cause I, I myself have, I've read the Bible. I mean, I haven't read it recently. Like I can't quote anything from it on a whim. Leviticus fourteen thirteen. Uh, I've read the Torah. I've read um. Oh, I've read the Quran. And I've also read like the Egyptian Book of the Dead. I've read a shit ton of uh, Greek mythology, Greek history. And just in a like a ancient historical context, it's all interesting to me. And it always feels interconnected in some way or another. It's, it's all very similar. And I think it's because it's all drawing from human experience and it's real experiences. I, uh, got into a little, a little discussion with somebody about, um, basically they were, they were telling me how, how how the Bible is wrong because because of Noah's flood and because Noah's flood is in the Bible, 
you can you can say for sure for sure that the Bible is false because Noah's flood never happened. And and I said, okay, um, maybe Noah's flood didn't happen, but maybe a flood did happen. Because here's what's interesting about about the whole flood story. It's not just in the Bible. Right. Like it's also in the Quran, which granted comes out of the same part of the world, but it's also told by it's also a story that's told by the aboriginals. The 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 native people in Australia that have been living in the same place, living the same types of lives for 40,000 years. And it's also a story told by the Hopi Indians. Right. In, in the Southwest U.S. And it's a story told by the Indus civilization. So that's like India and, and, and the Indian Ocean, all the autumn areas. And similar stories are told in South America. And it's, it's crazy to me to think that all of them happen to stumble upon the same script. And, and, and people today love to look, look back and assume that people of antiquity were just dumb. And they didn't know what was going on in the world, so they just made up random shit. It's a completely random story about most of the world dying all at one time because of some flood. And I find that hard to believe. Because if you thrust me back 15,000 years, I don't see myself just making up random stories about anything. All these people in completely different parts of the world. Completely different parts of the world. At a time when the world was, uh, when you were in one part of the world and someone else on the other side, you guys were isolated from each other. Yeah, this wasn't no viral internet story. There was no uh, motherfucking fiber optic fiber optic cables running along the sea floor. You know, you couldn't send a letter. You know, before uh, motherfuckers was uh, traveling the ocean with seaworthy ships, and. You know, you got different stories. People got different names, but it sounds like different uh, cultures describing the same phenomenon from their point of view. That's what I'm saying. And you can extrapolate that dynamic onto onto all religions. And this also makes me want to circle back to what, what we were saying about ignorance earlier, because Think about all the things that we don't know. When I was in middle school, I was told that Mesopotamia was the cradle of civilization. Okay. So this is like Syria and Iraq and them, them areas. Like that's where civilization started. And that was 5,600 years ago. Right. And the Egyptians were like one of the world's greatest civilizations and one of the world's earliest civilizations. And they're, they're only five, 6,000 years old. This is what I was told. Fast forward to early adulthood. 
they're studying the Sphinx and they're like, yo, there's, there's, um, there's a lot of erosion on the Sphinx from water. And to get that type of erosion, the Sphinx had to be rained on for, for hundreds or thousands of years. Meaning that the Sphinx is probably t- 10 to 12,000 years old. But that, but that's back in the time when there's supposed to be no, no advanced civilizations in existence. And you know, this a long a long time ago, the world, the landscape, literally was a very different place. Um, I'm pretty sure this is in Egypt as well, and I think I think it's near uh, the pyramids, where is a place called the Sea of Wales, and it's like it's the desert. But there's all these massive whale skeletons there because, like, this place used to be submerged underwater. Yeah, it, that 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 type of stuff is is, is wild. It's, it's just like as as like a just general pastime. The two broad areas that interest me the most are looking into the past and looking into the future. I love the the study of history and archaeology and I love space-time exploration and I just wish we could get it together in the present with all these tools at our disposal. So I, I love looking into the, into history and this is where I find myself going in my free time. And I also love looking into the self. So like I'm, I'm, I'm into space-time and everything too. I, I used to want to be an astronaut yeah that was that was like my dream job and i was dead serious the only reason i stopped wanting to be an astronaut was because i got too tall and there's a there's a height limit really yeah there's a height limit on the space shuttle and that's why i was like okay well i I guess i guess i gotta find another dream but had it not been for that i would have pursued it but i digress (laughs) (laughs) and i just lost my train of thought man uh oh the self the self and history side note there's um there's a pyramid off the coast of japan right and it's Wait, cur- on the island of japan no off the coast of um another island oh an island off the coast of japan it's not on the island it's off the coast of the island. No, I'm saying like on the on the mainland, or it's another island that's about that's, that's okay. Like, so so there's an island off the Japanese mainland. Got it, got it, got it, got it, got it. And it's called Oniguma, and okay. in the waters just outside of Oniguma, there's a pyramid, and the pyramid, the top of the pyramid, is currently sixty feet below the surface of the oh. ocean. Oh shit. And people are like, oh my god, that's impossible. How how could that be possible? It's absolutely possible, and the reason it's possible is because about 12,000 years ago, the sea level was way lower because we were still in the Ice Age. Right. So what that's telling you is that there was a super advanced civilization that is at least as popping as the Aztecs and the Mayas, maybe the Egyptians too. And they were that popping and we completely forgot about them. We don't know anything about them. We didn't even know they existed. 
until a few years ago. Right, because Ice Age, in terms of humanity, uh, like we're still talking about like Neanderthals and Cro-Magnums, right? That's what popular academics, that's the popular academic narrative. So like, so you're talking about these were, at this same time, these people were drastically more advanced because these hunter-gatherer type tribes and popular academics, as you say, aren't definitely not at that level of building any type of stone structure to resemble the pyramid. Exactly. Like we, we, we grow up, especially if, if you're in like a European system, which is what we're, we're in a Eurocentric educational system. From Facts. The, yeah. So when you grow up like that, it's like, okay, you, you like to think that world history basically started with Greece and Egypt and Syria. Cause, cause that's the center of your world. There was nothing happening in Africa. There was nothing happening in South America. There was like the Romans. They, they, they were that, they were that team that you wanted to be on. There was nothing happening in China. Aboriginals don't matter. Antarctica wasn't, wasn't a thing. Like that's, that's the perspective that they, that they give you. And it, it makes a lot of people uncomfortable when you start talking about these these unexplained things like bro like how can you be so sure that this is where everything got started when you didn't even know that that there was a whole civilization over here that just got wiped off the earth and the thing is you don't even know you just know that you read something in a book (laughs) that indicated uh, for you to think this type of way, that that's all you know. And so, like my thing is, like we're sitting here talking about this now, and it's not even for the purpose of, uh, yo, I need you to buy into this. I'm just opening the conversation from a pure, like, like from curiosity standpoint. And if you can't even have a conversation about something. Cause that's all it is. I'm, I'm we're like we're just comparing comparing notes right now. That's it. And you're so invested in your notes being right and mine being wrong that you can't even have the conversation. And that's that's how a lot of people are set up right now. But I think, I think there's a shift taking place in humanity. Started around 2020, and I think people are starting to wake up. I think they're starting to to break free of a lot of those chains. I feel like we're still in in like a gray area, and I mean that like a transitional phase. Oh, definitely. And I mean that in terms of, like, on the scope of the modern age. And, you know, like how we've seen in, like, the past decades and the past century. Uh, you know, I I just seen some, like, some the other day or today is, like, the anniversary from, like, 2010 uh, when Barack Obama uh, uh, 
that 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 um don't ask don't tell military policy so that uh anybody of any sexual orientation could join the military mm-hmm. so like that happens but you know like hate groups are still very much active right at the same time mm-hmm. it's um and so i feel like when you're talking about something like with a population as big as humanity and like it feels like we're going in the right direction but also feels like it's taking a long time. And because I feel like it's something that might even be bigger than our lifespan. Like this, like, like it might take 300 years, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Which for us personally is a long time. But for recorded history, it's not that long of a time. Not at all. It's like the blink of an eye. And it's easy for us to forget, like how small we are as individuals. Yeah, in the grand scheme of things, especially, and then to take away the time factor, just like we're here saying today, two people, and there's almost eight billion people outside this door. Mm-hmm. The world. Is a big fucking place, no matter how you look at it. Mm-hmm. And with that being said, let's uh segue sideways into some shit I got saved up. <laughs> that, was, that was a long rabbit hole, but it was fun. See what you think about this. Apparently, Kraft is paying people not to bake cheesecake this holiday season because there's a cream cheese shortage. You heard about this? I didn't hear about that. Apparently, there's a peppermint shortage, too. But the thing is, I was in Target yesterday, and I seen a shit ton of cream cheese. So, I don't know who to believe. I was at, I was at Trader Joe's on Monday, and I've never actually been at to Trader Joe's. They're nice. <laughs> it's uh they're they're really uh health conscious and when you walk in there you're gonna feel like everybody that works there is a hippie. <laughs> but they're really nice people and they're really knowledgeable. They they tend to be quirky. <laughs> so quirky's like Trader's cool. Yeah quirky's cool. So but Trader Joe's is like its own culture. It's like a segment of humanity, but the food is is high quality. Isn't isn't things there? They're, they're like Trader Joe's brand, they, and apparently the brand is very good. As opposed to like when you go to CVS brand, when you go to CVS and it's like CVS brand, it might be like a step down. Yeah, yeah. So Trader Joe's brand is supposed to be really good, and that, that that's what they tell you. I, I don't know. I haven't done research myself like I, I don't grow the food and I, don't t- I don't have a laboratory to test it and stuff but that's what they tell us that Trader Joe's good and uh, Big Pharma and the modern American diet is bad but whatever we, we, we're just gonna accept that well you know speaking of that I was talking to my boy the other day and I wanted to find this stuff Um, blue tea have you heard of that? have not apparently it's got uh, like a myriad 
of uh, health benefits with like little to no side effects. And, and my boy is telling me that uh, that is something you find at like a at like a Chinese market. Yeah, so it's a butterfly pea flower tea. That's blue tea. It's a caffeine-free herbal tea made from the uh, decoction or infusion of the flower petals or even whole flower of the clitoria hmm. ternate plants. That got my attention. Clitoria, huh? Tell me more. <laughs> um, apparently native to the Southeast Asia. Uh, apparently it's great for heart health, keeps your skin glowing, antioxidants, lowers the risk of infection, heart health. And apparently there aren't any known side effects. Although overconsumption may cause nausea and diarrhea. Okay. I'll take that. And not I I never heard of it, but I, I never heard of it either. It's dope that it's out here. And I'm looking at it and it's blue. It actually looks really good. And I mean like green tea is like a very uh like commonplace thing at this point, but I, I never heard of blue tea. Never heard of blue tea, but it might be the next wave. Watch 2022. Everybody's sipping blue tea in their Instagram collabs. <laughs> You're going to have to have to look out. I, I, I actually, I think I'm going I'm to look for, I know there's a couple Chinese markets in Miami. I want to go to them just because I love uh, that kind of food anyways. Yeah, I'm. I'm probably just gonna order some on Amazon. See what it's all about. Oh yeah, we are in 2021. You can't just order stuff. I'm, but but now it takes a few days to get here, and people are all up in arms about it. Well, like my thing is, I I still prefer getting things in person. I don't know why. I enjoy the process. I appreciate the process of getting stuff in person. But I don't mind ordering. Like if it's something that I've already ordered before, like I, I like right. to get it in person the first time. But after that, you can ship it to Miles every time. <laughs> it's way more efficient for my life. Yo, uh, you you mess around with uh imported snacks. I'm open to them, but I never really get a chance to to eat them. My my girl brought me some. Uh, some potato chips from Mexico, like some artisanal potato chips. What flavor were they? Potato. Pota- like they said potato flavor? <laughs> they didn't They didn't have a flavor. They were just potato chips. Uh, well, like, I'm, I'm talking about like, um, they'll be like, let's say sun chips, right? But they're Korean. Mm. So they'll be like Wagyu flavor. I fuck with it. Whenever I have a chance to do that, like I, I, I do it. I'm an experienced guy. I like to like take adventures and stuff, especially with food. And there's there's a couple places in Miami, but also out of Miami, uh, like there's a place I fuck with called Pete's Pop. Uh, there's one in um, 
by Fort Lauderdale and uh, whatever that area is called up there. It'll come to me. Um, the one they got one in Boca Raton. I think they got one in Orlando. But like imported snacks is like that's their jam. <laughs> and like it's not just chips. It's like they got like green tea Oreos from Japan. They got these crazy Kit Kat flavors. That shit sounds lit. Yo, like the soda flavors are banging though. When you when you, when you get uh, again into like these Japanese sodas, and then like they got they got this shit that's like uh like anime style that. It's very common, like, in other places, but not so much here. Like, it's just so much fucking cool shit. Anime style? Like, anime style food? Yeah, like, I, I was I was drinking, like, the motherfucking, um, uh, like, carbonated water, and it's, like, it's some Dragon Ball Z shit, you know what I'm saying? Like, I had... Bro, I've wanted to try anime food for as long as anime has been a thing. <laughs> like, I, I used to see Ash going in on Pokemon... I used to see Chi Chi cooking for Goku, and then I watched Naruto. This, this yeah, dude was killing it. Yo, them for motherfucking ramen. Ichiraku ramen. Yo, there's this place, um, and it's also in Fort Lauderdale. Uh, I can't remember. It's in fucking Broward County. I cannot remember the name of the shit up there because I never go up there. There's like, there's a fucking um, an anime restaurant that's like. The table and like the whole restaurant is just like anime artwork, like every square inch. And then they got like Sailor Moon playing on the TVs. They got all these fucking ramen dishes. How do I not know about this? I, th- I think it's called like Kapow or Kaboom or some shit like that. I'm about to Google it. But you know those um, you you know those rice balls they always eat it in the uh. In the anime. And mm-hmm. they even got the emoji, the one that got that black square on it. Mm-hmm. You so tried one? One time in my life. And it was fucking awesome. Really? It was so good. Why is it not everywhere? I don't know. And this is what we're talking about. The world is so big. And there's so much shit out here. And America is just be, we, we're just in our in our little cave, in our bubble. <laughs> And I, I got I got a homegirl in, in Naples that uh, she on that same tip, and um, she, but she she even knows how to make them. Cause the, I the saw, rice I, yeah, cause I seen them on her story, and I'm like, yo, where'd you get those? She's like, yeah, I made them, and now I was like, fuck, cause I know I'm never gonna make it, even though she told me how to. It's on my bucket list now. So is Japan, by the way. I really wanna really wanna experience that. Yo, I, I don't know if you watch my stories on uh, the From Shrooms page, but like every other day, I post some shit about going to Japan because I follow a bunch of pages where it's like things to do in Japan and places to go. And, um, you know, don't be surprised when you go to Japan. Like this is normal. Uh, you know, this is what's considered rude. This is what's considered not rude. So that's like your frequency now. Like your Instagram algorithm is like. Yeah, and now it just shows me more and more shit about traveling to Japan. 
funny story. That's how manifestation works. But like, because I don't even have a passport. But like at some point. You, you're about to get one. And you're going to use it to go to Japan. Watch. Like not even just Japan. Like I want to go. Like I want to go to Nepal. I want to go to uh, Switzerland, Korea, Vietnam, uh, the Netherlands. All over. I want to go all over. Yeah, me too. But I, I just want to like go check out all them, them ancient <laughs> ruins. Yeah, Stonehenge and. Nah, I want. I want to go see the Nazca lines. And um, the the ones they got in South America. Uh, damn, can't think of the name. That like hit, hidden city. There's a bunch of them, like a, a bunch of the Mayans and like the Aztec civilizations, and there was like people that came before them too, and they all died out or they left or something, but their buildings are still there. They got on the mothership and left. Whoo! Whoa! Something in the air. See, that wasn't me. That was an otherworldly force that just uh, moved my hand and knocked over the cup. <laughs> Listen, man, people think it's a game. Like spirits are real. Spirits are. I said real. I said too much, and it was like. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason I reacted how I reacted was because um, that's like another a school another school of thought that I'm into. That like, we've been visited many times in the past by by um beings that just aren't from here they're they're not from earth and there's a lot of in my opinion reasonable theories that suggest that like a lot of our religions are based on contacts these, these that we visits. had yeah based on based on these visits like if you if you read the book of Enoch and not that I've read it but I've seen little excerpts of it. And even when you read certain certain stories in the Bible, like you just imagine what these people are talking about. And it sounds like they're they're describing like spaceships and stuff. Talking about how how the angels came down in a, a giant shining wheel and it had metal wings and all these fucking lights and yeah. And it sounded like thunder and like just there was fire and smoke and it sounds like they're talking about a rocket. <laughs> and I'm thinking like if, if, if I didn't know the word rocket and I didn't know about space and I didn't know about ships and stuff, how would I, how would I describe, how would spaceship? I describe them? And this is what I'm talking about. Like people look back on these stories today and they're like, yo, people back in the day, they was wilding. No, they just didn't have words to talk about what they're looking at right now. And this is how the the story gets morphed into something else. And that's that's where that's kind of where I'm at on religion right now. So, you know how um one of like uh one of the uh, main sticking points of um 
a religion is that like the human mind can only comprehend so much, but like it can't comprehend God. Mm-hmm. And the parallel I see with that is uh, with like uh, advanced math and physics when 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 they start talking uh beyond like the third dimension mm-hmm. we're not wired to perceive things that are beyond the third dimension right like i th- i think it was uh, i was watching neil degrasse tyson maybe and he was like he was like explaining he's like you know like this dot represents a one-dimensional object he said now there's two dots and i draw a line two-dimensional so he's he's like demonstrating like okay this is three-dimensional this is the world we live in and perceive it's three dimensions so he's like if it takes you know this amount of dots and lines to form three dimension so he's like now that we have a cube you know it takes like the amount of cubes like this to form the fourth dimension which interestingly enough that's what a tesseract is Mm. Tesseract. So you ma- yeah, you you remember that that powerful ass stone that they was all trying to get in? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, which movie was that? Uh, well, that was um with, with Loki. And, yeah, and, and the first Avengers movie, and a, a Tesseract uh, was one of the Infinity Stones. Yeah, it's 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 a four dimensional cube. But but yeah, like like comics, uh, oftentimes with naming things draws inspiration from science. Yeah. Yeah. And um a lot of comics and and animes in particular draw inspiration from the journey of the self, which is like the consciousness and stuff. And and life force and the the whole spirit world and stuff. Like when I when I got into that, when I started studying that and studying like the origins of that stuff, and I rewatched a lot of the animes that I used to watch as a kid. Like now I have so much more respect and appreciation for it. Cause, cause they're referencing such deep topics. Right. And it all has like a rational basis. And anybody who's watch who's watching this and or, or listening to this right now might think that like, I'm just a loony. <laughs> cause, cause everything, everything we're talking about is like so left field. And it's so far from like just a regular conversation and, and the regular vernacular. And I just, I just got to let it be known. I'm not that guy. Like I'm not into woo like that. Like I'm a very rational guy. I, I'm, I'm very grounded and things have to make sense in order for me to really fuck with it. And uh, how I started opening up to this world was, um, I was I was googling one day because uh, you know like all my trainers and stuff and and therapists that I've met um, everyone is an advocate for like meditation and yoga and and they talk about like chi and and chakra and I'm like what are, what are y'all talking about. I always dismissed that talk before because it just sounded ridiculous to me. Right. But at the same time, the people that are talking about it are people that I respect. And there's so many of them. 
So I'm like, what, 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 what are they so attracted to? Where's this coming from? Like if there's all this smoke, there must be a fire somewhere. So I start digging and I start looking up chakra and the chakra network and stuff. And what I found, like I found a bunch of articles and stuff about the chakra network and they were all written in woo. So I was like, nah, not what I'm looking for. You still don't make sense on to the next one. And then I found this one, uh, this, this one YouTube video and the guy who's like a, he's like a practiced yogi or whatever. Right. But he's really, really familiar with the history of it. So apparently 3000 years ago, uh, they were, they were on some other shit in India. They were, they were doing dissections and stuff back then. They were doing autopsies and all of that, just trying to figure out the human body and how it works. And this dude discovered a nerve that runs from the top of your skull all the way down uh, to your groin and into your legs. And it's either the longest or the second longest nerve in your body. It's called a vargas nerve. Vargas nerve, I heard that somewhere before. Yeah, it, it's it's like it's like the main highway that connects your cer- your central nervous system to the rest of your body. Okay. And when I looked at the the outline of the vagus nerve, or vagus, or however you pre- it's V A G U S, you can look it up. When I looked at the outline of it, I'm like, hold on, that looks exactly like this picture over here of a chakra network. Huh. And I start digging in and I, I realize that when you do like the meditative breathing, it activates something in your vagus nerve or vagus nerve. And the, the vagus nerve starts to regulate all your body systems. Cause like, this is the nerve that, that is going to control like your unconscious reflexes. Like when you have anxiety and your heart rate is elevated or when you're stressed out about something yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and your stomach hurts and Stuff like that, like all of that is regulated through the through the vagus nerve, and the meditative breathing can reset that. And along the vagus nerve, there's also these major nerve intersections. And in modern terminology, it's called a nerve plexus, right? So it's like a group of nerves that all intersect right here, and they all tap into a particular body system or a particular organ. And then you have another one, another, another plexus that taps into another set of organs and then another one and another one, another one. And so like these clusters are all occurring where, where it would be identified on a chakra map at those same points. Yes. Yes. So this is your chakra network and your chakra, AKA your life force. That's just the electrochemical signal signaling that flows through your body. So when I realized that something like that, which is so easily accessible and I could look it up in any textbook and yet it was so far from my reality just because of the terminology that they were using, it made me reassess everything that I had dismissed in the past. Oh shit. So now I start, I start digging into everything there is to dig into regarding woo. What what is that? What's woo? Woo was like um <laughs> like when people are talking about like unicorns and rainbows and we're, we're all just energy, man. Like <laughs> those people, 
they're they're speaking in Wu. And Wu is just like if you if you're a grounded person, if you're like a quote unquote rational person, um, or an academic, Wu is basically the terminology that has to do with like magic. Okay. But magic is really just another word for science. Exactly. When you start digging into it. But yeah, um, I, I I started doing that and that's when I really started going on that journey of self. And I started experimenting with the meditation and, and I realized that there's so many layers of, of us as, as humans, as a human animal, there's so many different components that are, that are at play. And most of us have no idea what these components are. And the journey of self is really about understanding what those components are and discovering how to unlock them, how to tweak them, how to use them to your advantage. Cause imagine you, you're, you're driving a car that has two, two million switches in it. And you have no user manual. So all you do, you focus on the gas pedal, the brake, the transmission, and the steering wheel. That's it. And all these other things, all these other knobs that you can turn and things that you can tweak and shift, and you don't you don't think about those things. You're just like, oh, whatever. I don't know what that does. I'm going to just keep on driving. And life, in this analogy, like, Living your life is basically like trying to become the world's greatest driver. Uh, uh, that's like, you know, I, I like I like this car metaphor. That's like, how often do you pop the hood to your consciousness and, to, and take a look underneath? You just blew my fucking face off, bro. Because <laughs> now, now you're now you're picking up what I'm putting down. Like you're tapped in, and us trying to trying to trying to live our best lives and and become our best selves. Like in the analogy, you're trying to become the world's greatest driver. You're trying to, you're trying to master this driving shit, but how do you expect to do that when you don't know shit about cars? Hey, you know, that that's actually really a really great metaphor. Cause we can even run with it a little bit more. It might seem, uh, at first counterintuitive when you're driving to go somewhere to pull over in the first place to pop that hood to take a look underneath because mm-hmm. that's that's out the that's outside of your normal cycle you know what I'm saying to stop and pull over on the side of the mm-hmm. road and check what that noise is and they don't teach you that at least they don't teach it enough and and this shit's crazy like I know. I know people, mostly women, that have gotten cars and just drove it until the engine blew up because they never got an oil change. And they're like, wow, I, I never knew I was supposed to get the oil changed. I don't know how to do that. How was I supposed to know that, that this needed to happen? And when was it when was it supposed to happen? How come nobody told me? And something as basic as that, you translate that over to, to being a human and... You might not know that having a cup of coffee every day is going to get you addicted to caffeine until you stop drinking coffee and suddenly you, you have chronic migraines for the next three days. You have no idea why, why your hands are shaky. You're just nervous all the time. 
because you had no idea that you were addicted to, to caffeine. And that's, that's just a really simple one. Like yeah. I know people that are addicted to sugar. Like I had some family at the crib the other day and, uh, well, they were at my parents' house and my parents don't have anything sweet in the house. They, like they don't really do processed sugar like that. Right. And uh, these, these, these kids, they were complaining because they was getting headaches and, oh, and they shit. were, they were describing their symptoms to me and I'm, I'm a curious guy. So I like to dig in <laughs> I'm like, okay, what, what has changed since you got here? They're like, oh yeah, I just realized that I don't, we haven't really been eating anything sweet, but apart from that, um, everything's pretty normal. And then I realized that they were having sugar withdrawal. Simple stuff like that. And then when uh, when I when I started meditating, when I started playing, doing the breath work, and and I, I was following along with that process mentally and emotionally too. And I was just a hundred percent focused on that process. I was able to uh, recalibrate my nervous system in real time, and you could feel it happening. Oh yeah, yeah. And and if you're woo, they call that aligning your chakras. It's really just recalibrating your central nervous system, and you can do that through conscious effort, and it it only takes about an hour. But I did it for the first time. And my entire sense of reality shifted. It was like, it was like my whole life, I was an avatar. And in that moment or, or in that state, right. I was able to disconnect from my avatar and reconnect with my real body. This is how it felt. And and like in a in terms of what like as a like like the perspective changed physically I gained awareness of how much of me is actually an energy component? Because we're both matter and energy, right? Right. Like you got the energy flowing through you and you have your body and we tend to be under the misconception that our body is, is the majority of us. When the majority of our body is water. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, that that's, that that's kind of immaterial, you know, whether it's water or, or just solid bone or, or muscle structure, whatever it is. Like we tend to think that the physical version of us, like when I'm looking at you sitting, sitting across from me at the mic, like that's all of you. And when I look at myself in the mirror, that's all of me. And the voice in my head is just a really small voice that sort of helps me narrate this whole experience that I'm having. And when I was able to, to quote unquote, gain a sense of my true self, I realized that the version of me that had 
been thinking and living this life was like one or two percent. Just the tip of the iceberg. Not even. This is the tip of the tip of the iceberg. And the tip of the iceberg is supposed to be 10%. 10% is above the surface of the water. 90% is below. But I realized that the version of myself that I thought I was is actually just the tip of the tip of the iceberg. So that's like, would you liken the physical body as just like a conduit between uh, for the spirit to the physical world? Because like also like speaking in terms of like we are electrical energy. We're all just energy, man. (laughs) And that's like even our experiences on this plane, so to speak, all the, you know, we experience everything through uh, our senses, right? Five senses, uh, mm-hmm. sight, smell, taste, sound, and touch. Mm-hmm. But what's that? That's just electrical impulses to the brain. Mm-hmm. And then kind of mixing it up with what we were talking about a little bit earlier in terms of the future and what's going on right now with the metaverse mm-hmm. and... Also, what you just said about an avatar, like how close are we to people having a digital avatar where you're plugged in with electrodes so that the virtual world is stimulating you in the same way the physical world does? And do you think, I mean, do you think that's going to cause a bit of, of an identity crisis with, you know, if who am I between the physical, the spiritual, and, and the virtual? I don't think it's going to cause an identity crisis. And maybe we, we're already in an identity crisis, and that's going to help bring some clarity to it. That's a very good, um, very good take on that, and that could be a potential outcome. And to answer your question, yes, I do liken it to to um, like like our physical body is it's like a like, like it's like, like a you said conduit, right? Yeah, or or it could be like a like like a lightning rod, maybe. I've I conceive of the physical body as an interface, so. This body allows us to interact with this plane. And the the body is able to to use those five senses and translate that into signaling that will amount to an experience for our our energy selves, our energy bodies, our our consciousness, our spirit. And and I, and I and I'm I'm using these words intentionally. Because I want you to understand how close the Wu is to the real. It is the real. We're just, we're just using different language. And the spirit, like that's just a reference to the, the non-physical component of yourself. And right. there's, there is a school of thought that, um, that thinks that uh, the physical self is all there is. And the physical world and the physical realm, the physical space, that's all there is. 
and there is no quote unquote spirit, spirit world, spirit realm. There's, there's no part of you that is not in this room right now. And, and I was like, when you say interface, um, that, that also makes it a little bit easier to make sense of it. That's kind of like the interface I got in front of me. Uh, there's inputs and there's outputs. Yep. Keyboard, mouse, a trackpad, monitor. That's the interface that enables you to connect to the worldwide network of information. Like we don't, we don't know what the fuck a zero and a one is digitally. Like we don't, we don't interact with the world like that. So that means nothing to us. So those zeros and ones, they get translated into a special coding language. And this interface, the, that computer monitor is deciphering that and then translating it into a medium that you can actually perceive. So now you see an image, you see a video, you see numbers, you see a, a, a mouse pointer. That's what the interface does. It allows you to connect to a virtual space. And I'm saying that your spirit self, your consciousness, that is your true self, and your physical body is the, inter- is, is the interface that allows you to connect to this space. Mm. And I didn't just like read that stuff and just regurgitate it. No, you read a whole bunch of things which helped you draw a certain conclusion it helped it helped provide the terminology that i needed to navigate these these experiences navigate this space because i I never would have known how to talk about it even with myself like my own self-talk i wouldn't have had the the terminology that i need to be able to think about this stuff but now i'm a little bit better versed in it and that's like you can't you just reminded me of uh, something that has always been on my mind ever since I heard it. Uh, you you remember when Nas and Damian Marley did an album together? Mm-hmm. And on one of the songs, uh, Damian Marley says, uh, can you picture a color you've never seen? Hmm. Got something to say about that. I don't, I don't even know what to say about it. But it's always stuck with me, like the implications of it's it's mind boggling. Like when you can actually grasp what he's what he's talking about, it's mind boggling. And it's funny that you mention that now. Like I feel like I feel like you might know a little bit more <laughs> than you letting on because like because like, I feel like you're leading the conversation exactly where I want to take it. <laughs> So what I was what I was saying was like you know I didn't just read this stuff and like it, it the reason I'm speaking on it now is because I've not only had time to think about it but I've also experienced it and now that I have the the language I'm able to frame those experiences in a way that's like useful in in terms of conversation cuz a lot of a lot of stuff we experience like but there's there's no point in talking about it because it's just so f- far outside of the norm it's like where would you even fit that into your day yeah that's like uh you you don't exactly just uh go to work and um and and just say uh hey how how's the weather uh you want to have a little spiritual reckoning right now exactly you have a five minutes so i can uh 
blow your mind. And people, people are not ready for that. But peep game though. So I have had experiences over the course of my life. Right. This weird stuff that doesn't fit into to the narrative of, okay, there's only a physical world. Like I've had, I've been, I've been visited by people in my sleep or when I thought I was dreaming and uh, I had this uncle, he was in a nursing home. Okay. Hadn't seen him in years and we weren't particularly close uh, before he went to the nursing home. Like he was, he was cool. He was very, he was always really nice to me. I always showed love. He's my mom's brother. But he, he also wasn't like the uncle that like I would miss or ask about and stuff like that. Like we didn't have that type of relationship. Right. So he goes to the nursing home. He's there for years. And one day randomly I have a dream. And in this dream, I see my uncle in the nursing home. He's just in a wing of the nursing home and he's wearing his regular clothes and he's sweeping. And, and, um, and just kind of like straightening stuff up. And, in the dream, uh, uh, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm Jamaican, so in the dream, I, I was like, yo, Uncle Desmond, you all right? And he's like, yeah, man, yeah, man, me, 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 me just I clean up the place. Me just I fix up the place. And in my, my, my intuition in the dream, you know how you'd, you'd be knowing stuff without yeah. knowing it. My intuition told me that he was preparing to leave and he didn't want to leave a mess behind. Mm. And I was like, yo, that's that's a such a weird, weird dream. Why did I dream about him? This random, random dream about the random uncle. And I told my mom about it then that morning. And that night, my mom called me back and was like, yo, Uncle Desmond just died. And it blew my mind. And I'm a hundred percent sure that I'm not the only person that has had an experience like that. Yeah, of course. But just didn't know how to fit it into the conversation. We're just like, oh man, I I had this totally random dream about this totally random person, and it actually came came to fruition. Imagine that! What a coincidence! And then you move on with your day because you can't really reckon with that. Because if you really had to reckon with it, you'd have to consider the implications. Like, what does it mean? And, you know, we was talking about earlier about, uh, like, cycles and people getting trapped in, like, the... Exactly. And stuff like that is not really compatible... Exactly. ...with the everyday going-ons and going to work and... Mm-hmm. That stuff is happening on a totally different frequency. Totally different frequency. And if you don't have a robust conceptualization of reality then you can't fit that in without rocking your whole your whole identity so my concept of reality wasn't wasn't so easily shaken by something like that like i didn't know where to fit it in but i was like i was just like okay there's a file that this belongs in right and then i had another experience one time i'm i was doing pat downs so I, this is when I first moved to Miami. I'm doing security and I'm doing pat downs at the door of KOD. And 
I'm searching this guy and he's like, Hey man, all those issues you've been dealing with, man, you need to let that go. Oh, because people don't understand the sacrifices that you're putting in. And and then he just goes deep and starts commenting on all these extremely intimate details of my life, my relationship with my parents and how I was torn between what I felt like my purpose was and, um, what I felt like a good son or a good friend or a good lover is supposed to do, uh, how I was torn between different women, how I was torn with my job and, and different career paths that I had the opportunity to take. He was putting all of those things in perspective while I'm doing the pat down. That was my next question. Was this before or after? But this was This is during the pat down. I'm like, sir, <laughs> empty your pockets. And he's like, hey man, you need to let all shit, all that shit go. <laughs> <laughs> And um, he actually stepped to the side. I had him step to the side so he could finish speaking. And I'm still, now I'm just patting down the next person and the next person and the next person. And he stayed with me for like five to seven minutes. Wow. And at the end of the conversation, he goes, um, what do you say? I asked him, I asked him where he got all of that from. Like, how do you know? He's just like, oh, uh, sometimes it just comes to me and, and then we ended the conversation. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go inside. I'm late. Uh, people waiting on me right now. Like, all right, man, appreciate you. Holla at me on the way out. And it was busy at the end of the night. So I, I didn't get to talk to him again, but I let it go. But that's just another experience that I had. And I had to put it into a file. And then a few years later, I'm at the gym, this random lady, comes up to me and she's like, Hey, um, just want to let you know, I'm, I'm sensing that you, that, that shoulder issue that you have, that you have, um, you've got some emotions uh, pent up. Hmm. And at the time I was going through the, through a breakup and I don't know this lady from Adam and Eve. And I did have this random shoulder issue that I couldn't figure out. <laughs> and she just comes up to me. I wasn't even doing shoulders that day. I was doing legs. She just comes up to me and tells me <laughs> that. And I'm like, okay, appreciate you. And then that that's in a file. And then I had another experience, something that happens to me very frequently, like random people will just come up and start telling me stuff about, about life or about something that I'm going through. Like I was, um, I was at lost boy doing security. Right. I'm inside. And, and this lady just comes up to me. She's like, Hey, um, I just want to let you know that you're about to have two major breakthroughs this year. And one of them is something that you've been toiling at for years and you haven't seen any, any progress, but um, you're about to see it now. And uh, the other one, and then she starts talking about that. And I'm not weirded out by these things. Like these things happen to me. I don't know where to fit them in, but I put them in a file because they happened. I don't know what it means. Don't know what to do with it, but it's happening. And you're receptive to it. Yeah, I'm, I'm receptive to it. It doesn't mean like I'm, I'm living my life by it and I'm getting sucked in and, and I, I, I go down the rabbit hole and I quit my job and I and I walk to India like this. <laughs> that's not what what's happening. Like I continue to go to work. I still I still uh, hang out with my friends. I still go to the gym, still still pay bills, whatever, whatever. But these things are undeniable experiences that I'm having. And I've been having these experiences for my entire adult life. So 
now that I'm I'm more versed in like what's going on in, on the on the on the quote unquote spiritual side of things, the non physical side of things. All this this file, I'm I'm able to go back into this file and compile these experiences and what it's adding up to is is simple. All it's all it means, and you don't you don't have to go off the deep end to accept this, but all it means or all it suggests is that there is a component of us as a species, as individuals, or at least a component of me that is non-local, non-physical. Meaning there's a component of me that has access to information that is not in this room right now. And it's not constant access to this information. I can't just tap in when I want to, but it's there. Like a beacon. Yeah, it exists somewhere on some plane, in some reality. It exists. And sometimes I can access it or it can access me or other people can access it to access me. And that's, that's, that's all it's, that's all that it, it means to me. Now it doesn't mean I'm going to go jump off a bridge, but I can, I can accept that the world that we live in right now and the life that I have to lead is still valid. It's still important. I, I, I still can't escape that. I can accept that and also accept that, Hey, there's, there's a bunch of shit going on that we don't see that we're not always aware of. And you know, both of these things can be true. You know, like uh, going back to Asian cultures, uh, duality has always played a, a big role. Absolutely. And that's that's something else that I recently learned about. It's like Taoism. You got the yin and the yang. Then you got hermaphrodite. So the concept... And this is something that's this worldwide. It's not just in the eight, in the Eastern religions. This is also something that's present in Christianity. It's also something that's present in um, in 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 animism. It's also something that's present in South America and and native traditions. And it would seem to suggest that there was at one point an ancient ancient uh, spiritual philosophy that centered around the duality of opposites uh, finding balance and becoming a whole and, and the whole was greater than the sum of its parts. Yeah. Like that's what, that's what a yin yang is. You have the yin, you have the yang, but when you put them together, you have this whole circular shit that's representative of something that's more powerful than both of them combined. Duality. You know, speaking on the the spiritual and uh, and in terms of uh, what what we're uh, talking about a little bit before about um, the human brain uh, can't. Uh, isn't built to 
perceive beyond the third dimension. Mm-hmm. And then oh, we're talking about uh, the spirit being your true self, right? Mm-hmm. And then uh, let's throw psychedelics in the mix. And and what happens, uh, you know, you you have these epiphanies or you see these visuals, right? Don't even don't even get me started on the psychedelics. And then, uh, like when my boy Sean's here, he's always talking about ego death. And you had got me thinking, cause that's like. You could say the self is made up of like three main components, components, the physical, the spiritual, and the mental. And talking about the spiritual as the true self. And then, because when people talk about the afterlife, it's, it's a, imagined in a very... Um, from like a very human point of view mm-hmm. where that's like, you know, where like physically valued things would mm-hmm. be present. That's like, you know, the afterlife is picture like, it's like, you know, motherfuckers always dressed, walking around. Mm-hmm. There could be like roads paved in gold or. Yeah. Stuff that matters here. Or, you know, if, if, if you're in, if you're in the good place or what have you. But like the spirit You know, if you're in a spirit form, you're not going to have any physical attributes tying you down to this plane, which is why if in whatever form it exists, I think it would definitely be something beyond our comprehending. And so I think it comes down to who are you without uh, being weighed down uh, like an anchor with this physical body, mm-hmm. and I feel like you could co- probably get a glimpse of who you are, like when you have ego death. Mm-hmm. That's what that's what it sounds like whenever it's described. But it also sounds like one once the self dissolves, the only thing that's left is oneness with the source and I think of individual spirits an individual spirit is like a drop of water and whether the water's in this cup or it's in the ocean like this is water over here that's water over there same thing but when the self dissolves uh, when the physical life ends uh, that drop of water returns to the ocean and it's still water that's probably i don't the scariest like not that it the scariest part for me is the loss of individuality i think that's probably the biggest unknown especially talking about you know a drop of water returning to the body of water is do are you are you going to retain any of yourself so based on what I've experienced and what I've 
what 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 information I've digested. I'm leaning towards a yes. You do retain the self. It's going to be stripped down of a lot of the the what I would consider like a facade. Like me in in, in this life, like I I want to be want to be a CEO, I want to be a music producer, I want to be a bodyguard, I want to be a model actor. I also want to be a good black guy and I want to be a dad. Like like all of those things that are confined to like the physical space, like those things are stripped away. But your heart and your, like my, my predisposition, my predisposition towards loving other people, like that's not going to go away. My love for for knowledge, I don't think that's going to go away. And, f- and full disclosure, I've had experiences that suggest that we that we have multiple opportunities to to live in this plane or to experience this plane. Mm. And it's something that we do by choice. And that's a similar report that has come back from a lot of other people that have, have quote unquote connected with the source or quote unquote explored the the whole spiritual realm and, and explored the consciousness. I had an experience that, that basically like I, I, I was able to unlock memories of a, a previous existence, not like, not like here on this earth, but like I gained a sense of like a deal that I, that I had made, like something I had signed up for something I had agreed to a deal, not a deal. Like, cause when not like, yo, if you do this for me, then I'm gonna do that for you. Right, when, when you say deal, ain't, ain't you talking about the spiritual realm. It sounds like a deal with the devil. <laughs> <laughs> that, nah, nah, that's nah. the first thing I thought of. So when I say deal, I'm thinking more of like a consent form. Like, okay, you don't have to go to earth if you don't want to, but if you do, here's what you can gain. Here's, here's the types of experiences. Here's the, here's the type of realm that you can expect to, to be in. And you're not going to have any memory of your spirit self. We're going to wipe all that clean so you could start fresh, have your experience and then get out. So it's like, it's like consent form. Or like, but like, this is like reincarnation. You talking about? I have never used that word, but yeah, when when it, when it comes down to it, just by definition, that it's indistinguishable. Like it is, it is reincarnation. But I don't like that word just because of what it's associated with, and that's not that's not what I'm trying to convey. Like to, to me, it feels like in our outer lives, like our, our our spirit lives that are outside of this plane. Outer lives. Yeah, I, like I don't call it an afterlife. I, I would call I would call it an outer life. Well, I, I know you call it an outer life, but you know we talk and we were talking about like inner, which could could just be like a, a choice of words 
but that's like have have you ever thought about the implications of so you know how the universe is like infinitely big possibly and like constantly expanding yeah but have you ever considered that it's also infinitely small yeah and you're talking about the human brain and and stuff that is it's able to conceptualize like infinity is not one of those things that we're able to conceptualize yeah that's like as like the the microscopes get more and more powerful and can see smaller and smaller and there's always another set of particles making up the last smaller set of particles and then it gets smaller and then it gets smaller it's like how far can you zoom in like the, the, the screen resolution on this universe is crazy that's like everything is in all directions going on forever big up down small and and you can't visualize that you just we we make up a word called forever and we say it's it's endless it's without an end it's infinite it has no boundaries and i can't i literally cannot imagine something that has no boundaries i can only imagine motion that i that i don't stop and like that's what infinity is to me like being able to drive forward and i never run out of road basically but i can't really wrap my mind around something that doesn't end because my mind is apparently it's finite so even my ideas can't can't be infinite but the concept of infinity is why i don't call it an afterlife i call it an outer life because if if we're talking about a component of you that is that exists beyond physical limitation then you're talking about something that exists beyond space time because like after little afterlife would apply that this is occurring linearly exactly it would imply that there's a before and there's an after and that's it like it's just a linear thing that moves in one direction but that is something that in itself is simply a two-dimensional concept exactly and if if you are open to the idea that maybe you're not two-dimensional then you also have to be open to the idea that um any concept of the afterlife should actually be framed as outer life because time is only relevant here. And it's, it's only something that we conceptualize because this, that's what we're wired for here. But once you're outside of that, like here doesn't matter as much. Damn. Yeah. That's like when it comes out to it, uh, words are just a tool you know, saying something is so doesn't make it so. And truth, uh, the truth is, is flimsier than you might think it is because, you know, we can only conceive so much and words can only cover so much. I'm reading this book right now, speaking of words, called Lexicon. 
that's uh by Max Barry that's pretty fucking interesting. And um I haven't finished it yet. It's kinda like a it's kinda got me on the edge of my seat right now. But like essentially it um it's like this group of people they're essentially like modern day wizards but they go by poets and their history is um you know with with words there's certain key words that break through the brain's uh firewall and basically the the modern day incarnation is that like they have like 200 something different personality types of people and depending on like what type of person you are you're susceptible to these certain kind of words and so like they're modern uh so like you know how when you go to a website and you know records who you are with cookies Mm -hmm. so the same website might be showing a different page to different people based on their browsing history. Yep. So that's like two people might view a website a certain way for completely different reasons, right? They think, but they, they were shown completely different uh, representations of the information on that page. Mm-hmm. But they have the same opinion about that website. And, you know, because in this day and age, like, information is currency. And you can really catalog people on, like, a vast scale based on the information you have on them. And so, like, the the, the book is about, you know, like, there's, there's these words that, um, that spoken in a certain sequence can essentially deprogram someone and make them uh, susceptible susceptible to certain suggestions. And so, like the book is is a book of fiction, but but, I, but is it though? No, it is. <laughs> but it's like I like books like this, and and they resonate with me when instead of just telling me like what your thesis is, it's like they put it into motion with a story and you demonstrate to me uh that's that's kind of like um and I know this is a kind of a book that's uh got some controversy around it but that that's why I liked um Atlas Shrugged by Ayn Rand mm-hmm. and because like she has this uh philosophy objectivism yes yeah, right there behind me underneath war and peace and she has this philosophy objectivism but it's demonstrated to you in this 1200 page story and so that's why i was able to get it so to speak yeah like you can't you can't just tell somebody where the truth is you just gotta let them go on the journey 
And if they happen to discover the same truth that you discovered, then, then maybe it's valid. And if I read the same book and the author didn't tell me directly what the point of the book was, they didn't tell me the thesis, but at the end of the story, I, I still got that, that same thesis. Then the author just succeeded. So that, um, a lexicon, that sounds like something I need to add to my list. That's actually a, the first book of our, um, our book club. The fact that we have a book club. I call it from shrooms to Shakespeare where, uh, great memories with timeless characters are what we make here. From shrooms to Skyrim. Copyright. Yeah, somebody give this kid a deal. <laughs> I'm sleeping on this genius. It's accidental genius. The only kind there is. I don't know why I feel like I need to say this. It's nothing profound. But I just wanted to make a connection. Like when you study the, the literature around uh, you said there's three components to us is like the body, the mind and the spirit. Right. Yeah. When you, when you couldn't, when you study the literature around that, even in like religious texts, it'll always come down to like the body, the soul, the spirit. Right. And the, the translation, when you break it down, it's like the spirit is like the, the, the consciousness. It's like the, the pure self, the true self. Yeah. Uh, the body is like the physical. Obviously, we know what a body is. And the soul is the, the union between the two. Okay. So, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So with, without the body, there is no soul. There's a body and there's a spirit. Okay, it's kind of clicking for me now because without the body, that electricity in the air is just, you know, it's just going to disperse. It's just. I love that you use electricity because the best analogy I could come up with for it is that, like, the body is uh, the light bulb and the filament, and the spirit is the electricity that's flowing through the air and, and the wires and all of that, and the light is the soul. But it doesn't light up until you, you can connect that spirit with that body. Word. Yeah. And without the body and without the the soul, the spirit still exists. Like electricity is still there. Whether you break the light bulb or you unscrew the light bulb, uh, you forget to pay your power bill. Electricity still exists. It's still out there in the ether. Essentially formless. Form fucking lists. Yeah. You get it. <laughs> he, he gets it. I don't got to say nothing else. I mean, yeah, well, I think, I think we just about said it all today. We're at hour and 55 minutes. And that's, uh, we got this episode for you right in time 
for the holidays to make those family gatherings uh uncomfortable. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, guys, <laughs> make, make it weird. Make it super weird. We got we got all these uh juicy dinner time topics for you. Want to ruin a relationship? Check this out. Yeah, Trey, you got anything else for the people? Man, just uh, take advantage of this opportunity that we got to to just enjoy each other, enjoy these relationships because they they matter. Appreciate the things around you because it matters. And um, yeah, make make the best of this time, make the best of this life. So I just want to wish everybody happy holidays. And, yeah, and happiness is a choice. So like, word, happy holidays. I right? like stop fucking around. Happy holidays. Whatever holiday uh, you celebrate this time of year, and then for me, it's uh, it's festivus for the rest of us. Let them know. You know about Festivus? Tell me. That's uh, it's from Seinfeld, and that's um George's dad. Uh, he has <laughs> they celebrate Festivus, which uh, instead of like a Christmas tree, it's just a steel pole. <laughs> and then uh, I haven't watched the episode in a while, but like, <laughs> it's it's like a super uh. <laughs> Uh, comically derogatory holiday where uh, they have the airing of grievances. And then uh, I think at some point that's like you're allowed to to punch somebody you don't like. Wow. <laughs> the airing of grievances is the funniest part because it's uh, everyone can go around and say uh, <laughs> what the fuck is bugging them about that person. It's, it's, it's a very Seinfeld thing. It's genius. But, um, yo, y'all don't forget to uh, check out Trey on the Really Cool Gents Pod, powered by the VCB Network. Shout out Marvel Bishop. Only the best. <sighs> he the best. And uh, Shout out Jormatic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shout out Jordan and all the queens. Shout out Hiram. Byram. Byram. Don't yep. worry, man. We're we going to have our time. Yo, you remember that uh, that Tyler Perry movie with uh, Bow Wow when his, his baby mom was like, Byram. Bye. I remember. <laughs> That's funny. And that's um, it's kind of ironic. I was dreaming of a white Christmas, but uh, here we are. And <laughs> on that note. <laughs> Shows and 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 shows and
Hiram. Without Hiram. <laughs>